people ask us a lot, like, so y'all live together. So we live in a like renovated travel trailer together. We work together. We obviously like, you know, do life together. People are like, don't you guys get tired of one another? And honestly, our, our God's honest answer every time is, no, no. we really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We just don't. I'm Joni Deutsch. And from WFAE in Charlotte, this is Amplifier, the music podcast where we shine a light on the artist who calls Charlotte home. Because Charlotte is more than just a banking city or a football city. So every other Thursday on this podcast, we're going to explore the people, places, and things that help define the Queen City's crown sound. And today, we'll hear from the singer-songwriter duo who have found country folk harmony in life and in music. That's coming up on Amplifier. Amplifier. And then the beat will drop. Amplifier. 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 Can you introduce yourselves and tell us what you do in Charlotte Music? Yeah, um, I am Courtney Lynn. And I'm Quinn. And we are Americana singer-songwriters based here in Charlotte, North Carolina. Yeah, we've been doing uh, duo work and full band work for the past uh, four and a half to five years in the Charlotte area. So thanks for having us. And thanks for being here. And especially the two of you, um, as you're not just partners in beautiful, harmonious Appalachian folk music. It's not a first time, it's not a last time, baby. But you're also partners in life and in love. And after a year-long hiatus due to the coronavirus pandemic, Charlotte Pride returns with an entire summer season of events and music celebrations. And given the genre of music that you find yourselves making, I'd love to be able to talk about the new frontier of LGBT folk and country music in just a bit, though, because first, I'd love to hear about how your band, how your duo came to be. So how did the two of you first meet? There is a short story and there's a long story. (laughs) The short story is that we met, gosh, I think it's been nine years ago now? Yeah, it was nine years, yeah. In Los Angeles, we were both couch surfing the same couch and ran into each other and the stars aligned for a couple months. We sang a little bit together during that time, but it was really just a friendly relationship. And then years later, we ended up in the same city again and fell in love. And uh, we had originally planned to move to um, Nashville and Charlotte was just going to be a pit stop. And we got to the city and just fell in love with the community here and decided to stay. So uh, we just started playing open mics together about five years ago. And from there, we started getting kind of like the bar brewery gigs and it just has evolved from then. Yeah, I think the the thing that really locked us into Charlotte um, was we went to a river jam at the Whitewater Center and we both were like, now that would be a fun place to play. And then we just started immersing ourselves in the music community here and just really started connecting with people and clicking. And we were like, let's just stay. And then uh, the year before uh, COVID hit, we actually played Whitewater Center and it was one of our favorite shows. It was so fun. 
So when the two of you first met in 2012 in Los Angeles, were you both playing music at that time? Were you both playing the same kind of music? I'm actually a dancer as well. So I grew up dancing and competing, and I actually moved to New York City to chase dance and did some stuff here and there in New York and then moved to L.A. chasing dance as well. So I was there trying to audition for, you know, commercial industry dance stuff, but along the way had always, like, really been into music and singing and always found myself in bands just, you know, not really, like, similar to us, actually. It was more like cover bands of old classic rock or country or, you know, like the, just the kind of like dad bands, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just trying to get out of Indiana, to be honest with you. And I met Courtney and she was just like playing these songs. And I was like, oh my gosh, you wrote that? And that, yeah, I was blown away by her material when I met her. And so I was like, we just started singing together on the couch for fun. It wasn't even like we were playing live. We just started, I started harmonizing with these beautiful songs that she wrote and that was that. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to see more of the world. I, I grew up almost my entire life and, you know, small town in, in the Midwest. And I just wanted to get out and see what there was out there. And so I took a leap and, and moved in with a friend in LA, which happened to be the same, you know, the same house that she was couch surfing. So I was only there for a couple months. It wasn't my scene, but it was a good time. Yeah. She wasn't chasing music at all, actually. <laughs> no. Well, just to note, Quinn, that in your bio, I read that when you were more of a dancer, you actually were a part of the 2009 independent film that featured Ben Stiller, Anna Kendrick, and Jason Schwartzman, um, which was called The Mark Peace Experience, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, I was in that film, yeah. I was one of the lead uh, dancers, and um, there is actually a musical in the movie. And so I was like one of the lead dancers in those scenes. Um called a wizette is what I was called actually <laughs> but yes I was in it It was really fun Anna Kendrick is just as cool as you would think she would be I got my makeup and hair done by her every day um and she was the coolest person ever so uh super fun time and yeah Quinn what made you change directions then from one type of art dancing to another music um that's a really good question I kind of found myself when I moved to LA sort of lost in all of it. Um, and I also was sort of discovering certain parts of who I am personally, as far as like sexuality and stuff like that. And with that comes like struggle of balancing, chasing a dream and also figuring out who you are. And I kind of found myself sort of in a dark hole. So I wasn't doing the best job of staying on top of this dream that I had and kind of fell into sort of a kind of depressive state and with that came to the conclusion of I just need to make a shift like a complete shift and that shift was actually removing myself from the art scene altogether even music and actually going into um, social work Uh, like a real person job quote unquote you know and um, I did that and I I'm really thankful that I did Uh, it's how I reconnected with Courtney and fell in love with her and have my wife now. And, um, but it also kind of got me back on track to realizing that I will always be an artist through and through, no matter what I do, I'm still going to be an artist, even if I don't make it big, or even if it's not like the thing that pays my bills all the time, I'm always going to have that in my heart and in my soul. And so it was a good wake up call. Everybody told me 
Nobody tells me I told you so I told you so Obviously, personal relationship, professional relationship, musical relationship all blossomed since 2012. What was it like as you all were beginning to perform together as a musical duo? Um, it's interesting because we, we kind of performed together a little bit in Phoenix before we made the move here. Um, but just to open mics, just for fun, to be like an outlet. We were both working in social work at the time, and so it was more just like a, oh, what a long day. Let's just go sing on an open mic stage and have a good night. But I just like have always, and I'm sure I'm biased because I'm in love with her, but even before I was in love with her, like I just, she just has this like special ability to write a song that so many people can relate to. And, and like, I, I had heard a friend the other day who's an incredible artist in Charlotte um, say like, I know Courtney doesn't know this because she didn't train technically, but what she did in this song musically is just like genius. She has no idea. So like, even to me, like I feel that way. Sometimes I'm like, how did you even think of that? You know? So I, as someone who loves performing personally, saw her just like writing these songs in her bedroom and doing open mics. And I was like, why are you not like doing this, doing this? Like you should be doing this for real. And so when we got to Charlotte, she was like, all right, I'm going to try. No, what happened was Quinn said, come on, let's just do it. Like, let's just like full out. You know, we had these like big people jobs and careers and 401ks and all this stuff. And so we're like leaving Phoenix and, you know, leaving those jobs ultimately and moving across the country. And Quinn was like, we have this great opportunity to start over and let's just try it for a year. And I remember this conversation so clearly because it was such a pivotal moment in my life she set it up in a way that it didn't feel so daunting like look let's just do this thing for a year you know we'll get we'll get part-time jobs we'll try to get some music gigs and if by the end of the year it's not working or we hate it or whatever then we'll quit and we got to the end of that year and it was going really well and then we got to the end of the year after that and it was going even better and the year after that and it just has continued on that way for the last five years, with the exception of last year. <laughs> yeah. And even through that, you know, it was never a really a consideration that we would ever step away from this. So it's hard to believe that there was a point where I was just sitting in my bedroom writing songs like, you know, like therapy, really, just a journal for myself. And now we're doing this thing full time. Courtney, as Quinn just mentioned, while you may not have um, the formal uh, music education or background, um, you know, your your musicality does stem from something. I was wondering if you could share a little bit about how music formed that foundation for you as you're growing up and as you were moving to Charlotte. My mom likes to tell me this story about when I was like, must have been three or four years old. And she asked me what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I said, a singer. And, you know, I kind of lost that somewhere in between four and 20. But that something has always been in me. I think like it is for most artists, you always just have that draw to create. And 
it really birthed out of, um, when I was a teenager, I started going to church and, and through that started leading worship in church and playing guitar. And, um, I just fell in love with playing music and writing music. And it became such a, I know I mentioned this, but like a true outlet for anything that I was experiencing in life. I continue to write that way, which can sometimes be a little bit difficult because it's, I'm really pouring my heart out with all of these songs. Yeah, I think it's always been something that's within me, and then it just took someone, you know, pushing me to give it to the world. Quinn. <laughs> that's what I am. Quinn's a, a pusher. pusher. <laughs> yeah. She pushes people. Coming up, Courtney Lynn and Quinn share their thoughts on country music during Pride season, and they share an exclusive first listen for their 2021 single, Reminiscing. You can check out that world premiere on Amplifier. As a music duo, you have been able to release new music since you moved to Charlotte. And your first album was actually not released as a duo, but technically as a solo artist with accompaniment. It was Courtney's countrified 2017 debut. It's titled Wander Years, which includes Quinn, albeit a little bit more, I'd say, in a supporting role. This is kind of funny because when she was doing that um, album, Wonder Years, I was singing in another band, and the band was called After the Rain. <laughs> um, and it's our current drummer now, Steve, who's been with us from day one. He was in that band with me. And we were just going to be like another you know, cover band doing like fun cover songs. And Courtney was performing solo at the time doing her album and you know, a few covers here and there, but her, her album songs. Um, well, long story short, we lost our guitarist because he just never wanted to show up to rehearsals. And that was the thing. But then Steve, our drummer and Brandon, our bassist, they were like, I mean, I think the obvious choice is that you and Courtney work so well together. Why isn't she in our band? (laughs) And I was like, that's a great question. (laughs) But we had this fear in the beginning that if we, crossed that artistry and those paths and we were just like can we really do it if we both want to be like lead singers are we going to get mad at each other is it going to be like a Fleetwood Mac type of thing like yeah. we love, you know what I mean like <laughs> I think we were trying as hard as we could to protect our artistry but also our relationship because yeah. it's a gamble you know it's a lot of time spent together and it's different feelings about something that's very, very important to you and how are you going to handle those disagreements? And there was a lot of fear wrapped up into that. I think that's why we started separately. But yeah, I think it was two two reasons for me really that it just started working. One, we just 
sounded good together. It just felt right. Like Quinn is brilliant with her harmonies and that always accentuated everything I was trying to do. And then when she started taking more lead parts, I started kind of learning how to back her up. It just felt like this expansion of who we were as creatives rather than like holding us back in any kind of way. And also just frankly, I was so nervous to perform. I mean, Quinn is a performer through and through. That's like her biggest passion. She's done it her entire life. I was like, I, my hands would shake and I would like stare at, you know, an iPad full of like chord sheets the entire time I was performing. I was just so, so nervous to do this. And when she would come and sing next to me, just made me feel better. So it started like that, just me begging her, like, please come out to this gig that I have. I'm, I, I need you. And then when she'd freak out, I'd be like, you want another Jack and Coke? <laughs> <laughs> and then when I started to relax and feel how good the music sounded, it just made sense. And, you know, now I love performing and it feels very natural to me. But it took having a supportive partner there to get me, I think, to this place that I am now. So people ask us a lot, like, so y'all live together and we live in a travel trailer currently. So we live in a like a renovated travel trailer together. We work together. We obviously like, you know, do life together. People are like, don't you guys get tired of one another? And honestly, our, our God's honest answer every time is no, no. we really don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. We just don't. There's a Brandy Carlisle lyric that says time and too much don't belong together like we do. If I had all my yesterdays, I'd give them to you too. I belong to you. And that's how we feel. Yeah. It's like the best line ever. I'm like, we need a tattoo of that. It's, uh, that's our relationship. I just never get tired of her. She's my best friend. She's brilliant. She's funny. I don't know. We just have a blast. <laughs> she gave me five minutes. Gave me five minutes to say everything. Say everything. She told me, don't worry. Told me, don't worry, just say what you mean. I don't know what I mean. But we got all the right pieces, all the right places. I know that she goes her own way. And everybody tells me, you know, you don't stand a chance in your way. The arrival of summer marks the arrival of Pride season, and it's a time to commemorate the gay rights movement and celebrate all colors of the rainbow. And as two musical members of Charlotte's LGBT community, I was wondering if you could share what Pride means to you and what Pride means for your music. You know, in general, the Pride celebration has been... Um, an important part of my life. I really, really struggled to come out. I was very involved in church. And I think a lot of um, queer people have a similar story where when that's your background, it can be very ingrained in you that it's something to be ashamed of or to hide or to change about yourself. And it was such a just truly, truly difficult time in my life trying to reconcile these beliefs that I had about myself and about my faith. And I remember going to the, my first pride festival when I was like 
maybe 20 years old. And I had never been around so many people who loved and accepted me. I had never been around so many people who were not concerned with my sexual orientation. (laughs) In fact, we're celebrating it. And it truly was the first time in my life when I felt relaxed about who I was. I could like really just breathe and not have to put on any kind of front or any face or any explanation could just be. So I love pride. I love what it does and, and the way that it makes people feel. And, and it is a celebration. We should celebrate all of our, all of the different parts of ourselves and all of the different parts of, of other people as well. So pride, I love, you know, but, um, on a music note, I've tried really hard not to restrict myself from using the pronouns that I want to use in my songs. And I think that's important because I want people to hear diversity, one. And two, I want people who are 15-year-old me's to hear a song that represents the true way that they feel and that they can sing that to the top of their lungs and feel like they have uh, something to relate to. So that is just one you know, one thing to say about that, I guess, but it's been very, very important for me. If I want to say she, when I'm talking about love, that is what I will do. I feel exactly the same way. Um, I personally have struggled with like my family, not always being accepting. And, um, that's been a battle that we've sort of faced and have gone through. And there are still things that we're going through. And I think that will always be the case, unfortunately, but also like, I'm very grateful that we've gotten where we are today. Um, but pride was a, a safe place. Um, and pride is a celebration of you are you love yourself, love who you are, regardless, there are going to be people out there who maybe are going to make you feel uncomfortable in your own skin, but don't. So I love pride for that reason. And it also for me is a reflection of how far things have come. And, And because of these celebrations like pride, we've been able to come this far because of, the people who have been fighting for these human rights and these rights for uh, LGBT community for so long, we are now able to legally be married and not only be married, but are able to be musicians who people respect and talk about our love for each other on stage with no questions asked. And that's just who we, who we are and what we do. And so we're very fortunate at this day and age, I think, and I'm very grateful to all of the pride celebrations in the past and all that are here to come for the future too. Um, especially for the younger generation. I can't say that enough. Like it's such a detrimental thing to feel like you're not enough just because of who you love. Um, And so allowing these younger generations to feel celebrated through, you know, pride. I'm just very grateful for that. As far as music is concerned, I'm right there with her. I remember one time at the visual light, we had a an older lady come up to us after our album release. And she said, I want to say thank you because my niece has been struggling and I wasn't really understanding all of the things that go in and out of, you know, coming out. And you are such a great example of what that love can look like just through your music alone and seeing you on stage together. So I want to say thank you. And to me, it's moments like that where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I get chills. Like, that is what matters. That's what's important. You know, to that point, while the music industry has made some progress over the years, the country, folk, and Americana collective genre still has a way to go in supporting more LGBT artists and voices. 
uh, like Shelley Wright, Trixie Mattel, Orville Peck, and Old Town Road's own Little Nas X. When describing her experience coming out, Grammy Award winner Brandi Carlile, who I know you all cite as a reference point for your music, Brandi Carlile was interviewed by NPR Music, and she had this to say. Queer people love country music. We just don't think that it's going to open its doors to us. And when it does, it's wildly satisfying. I think she said that almost perfectly, actually. Because when I think about country music, there is a hesitation of, well, this song won't be played on country music radio because it's a celebration of queer love. And that goes against, you know, the God-fearing country sound. I guess is what I would say. Um, however, her last statement, I also agree with because I instantly think of Dolly Parton, who is a country music icon, who like speaks of Brandy Carlisle very highly and doesn't have a hateful word towards anyone or anybody. When you hear that as an LGBT artist, you think this is awesome. Change is happening it's not going to be much longer and things are going to just be normal. Like it doesn't matter who you love. You can just be a part of all of it, you know? So I agree with her statement almost entirely. Speaking of progress, you know, the past year from 2020, March of 2020 to the time of this recording has pushed the country into a new direction for conversations and for uh, action uh, to ensure Equitable and to ensure inclusivity and equitable music and and, and post music, beyond music. I was wondering what 2020 has taught you, uh, the two of you, and the music you make, the work you do, and the city that you live in. I think it's going to take me like four more years to sort through all that 2020 has taught me. Hey, (laughs) but, um, I, I think that more than anything, it taught me balance that while I love music more than anything, and it is my biggest passion in life, it's not the only part of my life. And 2020 was a difficult time for me as it was for most people. I honestly had to take a step back and focus on my mental health and building good habits and being a whole healthy person. And so I think more than anything that time of strife in our country taught me to um, just care for myself. I am a performer through and through, and I think I've mentioned this a couple of times. Like, I don't, I could be performing, like, finger painting on a stage, you know, and just be happy. I just, I feel at home on a stage. It's it's where, it's my happy place. And um, I had that taken away, like, instantly, you know, Um, not to mention we had moved our entire life into a travel trailer so we could go on our first ever tour to tour our first ever duo EP remiss. It was like a crushing moment for a second. And obviously not, I'm not saying like poor me because I know the entire world went through, you know, way worse than what I was experiencing. But for that instant as an individual, I was just like, crushed, you know, there goes that dream that you had for that year. Um, but it taught me that I need to learn to let go. Sometimes things don't happen on your time. Always 
they don't happen on the timeline that you think they should happen always. And it's okay sometimes. And sometimes it's okay to breathe and redirect and rediscover. Um, and sometimes it's okay to slow down. Uh, I'm not very good at that. I'm actually terrible at it. Uh, but 2020 taught me that I needed to learn to be better at that and that there are very important things right in front of me, even without performing that matter even more than performing and that always will. And so I think I actually maybe gained a little bit of wisdom out of, <laughs> out of this tough past year. <laughs> maybe we'll see. <laughs> Lynn and Quinn's 2021 single is titled Reminiscing. It follows their 2020 EP Remiss, available on Courtney, Lynn, and Quinn.com, and wherever fine music is streamed and sold. Amplifier is a production of WFAE. This episode was written and produced by me, Joni Deutsch. Our editor is Jennifer Lang. Our theme music is provided by Dirty Art Club. Share your favorite Charlotte music recommendations with me on social media. You can tag and follow me. I'm at a change of tune. Amplifier features a new musical episode every other Thursday. So make sure to subscribe to the Amplifier podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you find podcasts. And if you're listening on NPR One, make sure to give us a heart or a favorite. Check out the playlist and show notes for today's episode, along with a Charlotte music map and a way for you to submit your music on our website, wfae.org slash amplifier. Until next time, I'm Joni Deutsch. Thanks for listening.